Hi there, everyone, and welcome once again to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast, brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch the Muppet Movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we have a guest who knows a thing or two about Muppets, so why don't you introduce yourself? Hi there, I'm Danny Horn uh, from ToughPigs.com and Muppet Wiki and a bunch of places. From many places. Danny's being honest when he says from toughpigs.com because what he mean is what he means is he created toughpigs.com. He is he is our cool dad. Yes. <laughs> yes, I all of those things are correct. Yes. I did create toughpigs.com. Um, and then it just got to be too much for me after a while. It's exhausting uh, writing about the Muppets all the time. And uh, and Ryan and Joe took it off my hands for um, bargain discount price. <laughs> and but you like that was really an achievement because that was a time when there weren't a million pop culture fan sites. So you were a pioneer. Yes. Yeah. I'm, and I'm obviously I'm so thrilled with everything you guys have been doing. Oh, thank especially, you. Especially this podcast, which is so much fun. I'm really oh, excited to be here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's great to hear. And today on this podcast, we are talking about minutes 41 and 42 of the Muppet movie, in which Miss Piggy is crowned Miss Bogan County, and then for the rest of the clip, she sings the song Never Before, Never Again. So I want to just mention, I think at the end of the last clip, we heard uh, Miss Piggy um, say the name of one of the runners up, which is Debbie Sue. And then at the beginning of this clip, she says the name of the other runner-up, which I've never been able to quite understand. Is it Alma Jen? Alma Jean? Sounds, what is this name? It sounds like Alma Jane. Yeah, I was, I was thinking Alma Jane. Alma? Like A-L-M-A? Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Huh. That's I can't not, explain it either. Yeah, that's not a name that I'm familiar with. <laughs> uh, I used to have a coordinate named Elma. E-L-M-A. So, huh. close enough. That's only one letter away from Elmo. It's very big in Bogan County, the name Alma. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. That's why you have Jane after it. It's you need there are so many Almas, in fact, that you you need a second name. Oh, so there might be a, like an an Alma There's so many Almas in the audience, actually. Alma Carol, Alma Susan. Yeah. Alma Daphne. Alma children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're just they're they're out in the audience, just like crossing their arms, yeah, and looking really upset. And then it just zooms in on Kermit, and those people stop mattering. Yeah. Well, speaking of that zoom in on Kermit, uh, standing right behind Fozzie is Steve Whitmire. Like you can clearly yes. see young bearded Steve Whitmire here. Yeah, is this our uh, first Muppet performer cameo? No, our second well, no, Muppet performer cameo Frank, in the movie. Frank Oz was very prominently a biker yes. earlier. Yeah, but um. But here's Steve Whitmire, and you, you can see him kind of like with his hand down. He's just itching to like just move up underneath Kermit. He, he knew it <laughs> at some point. He is. He's actually whispering in Kermit's ear, that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> it's in my yearbook. He's still in high school. How, young, how old is he at this point? Let's see. It's 1979. He would have been 21? Mm. 20? Mm. 20. 20. He was born in 59. Oh, little Steve Whitmire. Wow, yeah, he's pretty young when he joined up. Yeah, do we think Steve Whitmire's name is Alma? Possibly. Alma movie. Steve? <laughs> In the world of this movie. Yeah, I think so. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to mention, so there's this uh, shot where all the other runners up just sort of like, they, they get down on one knee and they all gesture toward Miss Piggy. Like she's the winner. All hail Miss Piggy. So apparently that was like a condition of, of being in that competition as you have to, uh, kneel before your queen. Yeah. Before the winner. Yeah. It's, I, it's such a brilliant scene. I'm, I love this scene so much. Um, because right away it undercuts what is supposed to be the joke about Miss Piggy. Um, and what on the show had been the joke, which is Miss Piggy thinks that she's beautiful. She thinks that she's a star, but in fact, she's just fat. She's just a pig, all that kind of stuff. And so right away, there's just no question of like, Miss Piggy gets on the stage and the stage creaks and, you know, or like the swine trick tips over or whatever. There's none of that. It is just, this is Miss Piggy. She is our star. Everybody is absolutely thrilled. And so the entire world in that moment is just like all supporting and focusing on her and how beautiful she is. Yeah, there's the one nod toward it where Charlie McCarthy says, you'll never guess who the winner is. But that's then after that, everyone accepts it. Yes. Yeah. Everyone except a ventriloquist dummy. (laughs) Yeah. So then we have... uh, the dramatic zoom in on Kermit as he catches a glimpse of Miss Piggy and she catches a glimpse of him. Um, it, I guess they put some kind of sparkly something on Piggy's eyes because they, they catch the light and just sparkle in a very dramatic way that almost look like it looks like it's animated, but it's not. It's uh, Yeah, it's just like a, a little lens flare, a little localized lens yeah. flare. It definitely seems like an in-camera effect, yeah. Yeah. Which, which and that, I think is part of the whole the movie's whole aesthetic of putting the Muppets in the real world, right? It's not a special mm-hmm. effect. It's just something that happens to a camera. When you're when you're shooting things with a camera in real life, you're going to get lens flares, right? Like, that's the, the effect they're going for, I think. Well, she also gets... It's the same little flash that you see in The Great Muppet Caper um, when oh, yeah. he's on the desk and she falls and then she's in the trash can and then she sees Kermit for the first time. And there's that same like glint in her eye. Yeah. So she just has her shiny contact lenses in. Yeah. Right. right. Although uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because in the Great Muppet Keeper, we also get birds flying around Kermit's head. In, yes. You know, mm-hmm. Because that movie is more about the artifice, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Right. And those are added in later. For sure. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. The animator's hand would be very tired. Yeah. Very good. Those people are very good at their job. Yeah, and then we have the song "Never Before, Never Again," which is another, yet another one of these things that you really can't appreciate as a kid. Yeah, um, like it's Agreed. The, I, I thought the lyrics it was so are boring. yeah, the lyrics are so overwrought, and it's just like these these romantic uh, this romantic montage, but it's hilarious, really. Yeah, I love actually that the the music. I mean, the song doesn't actually make sense. No, not at all. In in any kind of real way. And something that I I realized um, as I was like thinking that I you know going to be on this episode um, is that really none of the songs in the Muppet movie make a whole lot of sense when you think about it. They're all like super tentative. Um, like starting out, you know, with the Rainbow Connection, like the first the first line of the film, practically. Uh, is why are there so many songs about rainbows, which is a question that no one has ever asked, something that is impossible to answer. Um, and right. 
and it well, struck me that all of the songs are are basically doing that. Like every single song in the soundtrack has at least one question in it, and um, it usually asking a question that essentially invalidates the premise of that song. So like <laughs> moving right along, like they're singing, and you know, wait, we did what? Like there's you know all these questions about like are we actually driving anywhere in particular or are we just going in circles um can you picture that obviously the entire thing is a question like is what we're saying like possible for you to picture and even understand what we mean that one probably makes the least sense because that's it's what's appropriate to those characters yeah because it's sort of like um the, the whole thing is about how how intense and insane they are um, but even, like, I, I hope that something better comes along is also essentially asking, like, is this fun? Like, is this what, is this what we do? Is this how we behave as men? And then, <laughs> and then, so really all of them are sort of these weird tentative, like nobody's really sure if what we're singing about is real. And then never before, never again, like just takes that, I think, to the max. Um, so just because I know that, that people uh, haven't necessarily memorized it, you guys don't mind if I'm just taking over like this. Is that okay? No, uh, go for it. I haven't written, this is the thing, I haven't written about the Muppets for a really long time. Um, and so thinking about this, I've really, I've overthought it. Um, but the lyrics, so never before have two souls joined so freely and so fast, which I don't know. Uh, for me, this is the first <laughs> time and the last. And then is this an angel's wish for men? I think that's my favorite line. Yeah. I, it's, there is no answer to that question, obviously. My favorite line in the song doesn't come until the next minute. So that's a teaser. That's a little. Oh, okay. But for me, just the fact that. I think I get this. So she just saw Kermit for the first time. Yes. And she's already deciding that this was like the, the grand plan of heaven and the angels. And everything has led up to this moment. Yes. Um, and then like the, the question that is the most baffling is then like halfway through is, um, Love was meant to light the stars, but when we touched, we made it ours. And then, and could they take it back? Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no, they wouldn't dare. Explain that question to me. Explain well, the premise of that question to me. I think what the premise of that about? question is, so this love is the angel's wish for men, right? Right. So the angels had, had a plan in mind for this love, which was in heaven. Yes. Not on earth. And that With specific you. plan was to light the stars. Yes. But Piggy stole it. <laughs> but now the angels are theoretically without it. Oh, I see. And they need to take it back. But can right. they know? No, they, they would not dare. dare. Exactly. But then she says they wouldn't dare because there's enough to... to share with all the world. Yeah, share yeah. with all the world and fill the heavens above with leftover love. So This is what I'm saying about Muppet movie songs. They're all... <laughs> They're all like this. They're all these yeah. weird little like Zen koan puzzles where like she states this premise that, you know, this is the greatest love that has ever existed and is this nature's wish for men? And then, but could they take it back from me? No, why should they? I don't know, Miss Piggy. You're the one that brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> we did not come to you and tell you. Yeah, so that's the whole thing is, is everybody has to question their place in the world and specifically their, their place in, in these uh, gorgeous and uncomfortable songs. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's just the whole thing is Miss Piggy's idea of romantic poetry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is what she thinks it's like. 
Yeah, this is what she right? thinks it's supposed to be. When you're romancing. It's just essentially is this kind of tug of war with the angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Williams has said that he and Kenny Asher wrote the song with Frank Sinatra in mind. But for, I, I mean, I, I can't. I don't think Frank Sinatra would. I don't. As far as I know, he never recorded a cover of this or anything. I don't think he would have. It's done. hard for me to imagine that. Yeah, and then for whatever reason, he never even recorded it. He never even brought him in. But they did have Johnny Mathis record it for the purpose of being in the movie. Who and is very much a fucking basement Frank Sinatra. He's very much what? A bargain basement Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah, exactly. You can't get Frank Sinatra, so you go to Johnny Mathis. Mathis. And uh, I guess they got as far as actually some well, kind you of Tony, rough... You get Tony Bennett, and then if you can't get Tony Bennett, then you get Johnny Mathis. Yeah, he's way down the list. Right. <laughs> but... And then if you can't get Johnny Mathis, then you get Miss Piggy, obviously. Well, but apparently they, they saw some kind of rough cut of it and with Johnny Mathis singing, and Frank Oz suggested to Jim Henson that it would be funnier if Piggy sang it herself. Uh, he insists it's not because he wanted to take over the whole movie, but because he really thought it would be funnier. And I think he's right, because I can't imagine this being better with Johnny Mathis's like earnest, sincere voice singing. No, it's he was as as usual. Frank Oz's instincts, especially around Piggy, were exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then Johnny Mathis did sing it in the Muppets Go Hollywood TV special, so he did finally get to sing it, and it was not very funny. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing. Yeah, um, I think it's it's so much better with her sort of asking this and and her kind of um because it's her fantasy. It, yeah, it's her, her song. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and I th- I mean, I know we'll get into the visuals in a little bit, but I would guess that the original idea with Johnny Mathis doing it was that it would be like the comedy would come from the juxtaposition of this very sincere song, sincere sounding song. And then these like very over the top fantasy visuals, but it wouldn't seem as much like Piggy's fantasy. Yeah, if it's like just some random crooner singing a song, right? It, well, it actually, I guess that it for us to feel like we're inside of her head. I think. Well, that's actually what they did then with the Great Muppet Caper. I just realized that they actually have, like, when you were just saying Piggy's fantasy, I'm like, oh wait. Piggy's that's, Fantasy, I think that's actually the name of that song. Yeah. The Great is, Muppet yeah. Caper. And then, and Charles Gordon is the one, or supposedly Charles Gordon is the one. Right. Who's singing that. But again, even So they did, I guess actually they did, they did get to like, they used that idea. And, but again, like I said earlier, the, the Great Muppet Caper is all about how artificial everything is. Yes. Including, yeah. Including, yeah. including in that number, mm-hmm. your voice is dubbed. You can't even sing. Right. Right. But here, it's like, we're inside... I mean, I know that this is approximately how it happened, but like for the, purposes <laughs> of, for the purposes of the movie within the movie, we are inside Piggy's real head. Yes, it's yes, definitely. What she's thinking. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's a... Yeah, I, I just can't imagine it with anyone else. Why, why would you want it to be anyone else? Yeah. Really? Well, I guess... I mean, this is pretty common now. I, I don't know when the whole thing started of having like... Uh, a new pop song in a movie and having a famous singer do it on the soundtrack and playing it over, you know, a big important scene. So that's probably what they were thinking at first, but you know, fortunately Frank Oz had a better idea. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those Muppet movie moments where it's like, if they had done, everything feels like perfect in the movie. And if they had made it, 
choice, it kind of feels wrong. Yeah. I really like this movie. Well, it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah, all right. Yeah. I like it okay. You know, it's strange though, because this feels like it should be Piggy's signature song, like, like her Rainbow Connection mm-hmm. or something. But outside of almost singing it in the Christopher Reeve episode, has she ever sung it again? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Like Gonzo has done, I'm going to go back there someday. You know. Yeah. On stage, times. Paul Williams, and on the Muppets from a Space soundtrack. Yeah. All this stuff. I actually, I don't, I don't think that this would make sense out outside of the context of this scene. Yeah. No, you're like, right. It, it the joke would be lost a little bit just to hear her sing it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, the thing that makes it funny is is first just the fact that she's singing it, and, and especially like the huge over the top ending. Um, but then, yeah, but then you need the visuals. We should probably talk about that. Yeah. So, anything else about the lyrics before we move on to the visuals? No, I think we're good. No, okay. no. Uh, yeah. So it's just this montage of these uh, sort of again over the top, but like sort of arch arch. Is it archetypal or archetypal? I'm never sure. I'm going to go with archetype. Sure, do it. Archetypal images of... Uh, <laughs> They're romantic. archetype. I They're, they are archetypes, these, yeah. these moments. Um, yeah, so like a, we see Kermit and Piggy in a field. Uh, there's flowers. They're running toward each other, which I don't know. Is that a specific reference? Or it, it seems like it is. But it might also just be kind of a trope or something that we all understand to be a thing that happens well, in romantic movies. Well, in that American Cinematographer article that we linked to several months ago, yeah, mm-hmm. um, James Frawley said in that article that he wanted each shot to be reminiscent of a different style of love scene. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't say, you know, these are all references to my favorite specific movie scenes. It's a different style, right? Yeah. So I think they're all supposed to like evoke, a, you know, the, well, I, you know, young lovers in a field or the, you know, Regency out on a boat romance or whatever. So we you just know. sort of get what they are. Right. What they're going for. Well, I think there are two that I know about um, that I can actually identify. One because I, I knew it and then the other one because I read about it. Um, the The second one that's outside, so not the first one where they're running towards each other, um, but the one uh, towards the end where where I guess they're in a field and he's chasing after her. Um, Pig- that That's Pig- from Tom Jones. Oh, okay. The, from the, the best like, picture, not the, not the pop scene. Yes. Yeah, the movie, okay. which was 1960-something. I probably should have looked that up. That's the one with Albert Finney? Yes, yeah. the one with Albert Finney. Um, and where if you look at that, you can see like the costume is is the right kind of costume. That is beautiful and perfect. And then the the streetlight scene um, I just read about is apparently from Brief Encounter, which is a 1945 movie that's based on Noel Coward play that I've never seen and know nothing about except the sentence I'm saying right now. Uh, <laughs> and it, it stars Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard. And I know that because I looked it up on Wikipedia. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond, beyond that, I know nothing about that movie. It, uh, it still works, though. I mean, I had never heard of yeah. it before. It just kind of looks like a, a a generic film noir scene. Yeah, yeah. I always thought of that as as like a Humphrey Bogart, 
Right, right. It feels kind of like Maltese Falcon. Castle, yeah. Even though there's no lampposts in Casablanca. Yeah. Huh. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or like a, a Maltese Falcon thing, except that's not how, like, it's not a romantic movie. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, yeah, so like, if, if they are supposed to be like actual, like knowing that it's Tom Jones does not actually make that sequence really any more funny than it already is. So maybe it does if you've seen Tom Jones, though. I have. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I have not. It's a great movie, but like, I yeah, no. It's good. You should see it. But yeah, you but probably saw not... Tom Jones after you had already seen the Muppet movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when you saw the scene where they, they run toward each other in a field, were you like, oh, that's from the Muppet movie? That's why they did that. It took, no, it took me a while to make that connection. Yeah. I, I figured it out eventually. <laughs> uh, but no, definitely. I mean, in, when I was a kid, I didn't. This was this was the the most romancy movie probably I'd ever seen at that point. It's oh, still yeah. it. Man, That's interesting. Yeah. Another interesting thing about the lamppost shot uh, in the June nineteen seventy eight draft of the script, which I have been citing throughout this podcast, and which actually we have thanks to you, Danny. You're welcome. Um, yes, uh, it says in the in the description in the stage directions. It says. Uh, Kermit lights a cigarette, like lights two cigarettes and hands one to Piggy. Oh gosh! Which obviously they did not do, but that would have been interesting. That would have been, you know, unfortunately, like that's uh, that would have been the thing that, like, twenty years later, they had to cut out of the DVDs. That would they have made, definitely would have. Yeah, they it would have made the editing really difficult forever. Yeah, it would have abruptly cut to the next shot. Yeah, that was a lucky break for everybody. Yeah, but for sure. One thing that I really love about this montage is that they're completely showing off at this point. Like everybody pays attention to like Kermit on a bike because it's one of the early scenes and and it's just so funny and striking. Um, But they basically like, especially the boat, like rowing in the boat and they're both moving and it looks like everything's good. And then she's sitting on a rock and he's in what looks like, like a real pond. it's basically like the Ginger Rogers thing of like that, that scene is doing the Fred Astaire moves, but backwards in high heels. Like it's way more complicated than the riding a bicycle shot. But by that point, we're so used to seeing these characters outside that you hardly notice how unbelievably difficult that must have been. That's a really good point because we talk about the rainbow connection scene all the time, but we never, ever talk about Kermit swimming in a pond. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he and actually underwater, like he's not. There's no like stump for him to hide behind. I don't. I actually don't know really how they, how they accomplish those shots. But somebody is drowning. Right. Yeah. Well, it kind of looks like Kermit is drowning. Yeah. Well, that and um, what I love about that scene, also in addition to the to the jaw dropping puppetry, which I will acknowledge, yeah. is that the so Kermit's naked almost throughout. The <laughs> yes. But in that scene, his clothes are sitting right next to his piggy on the shore. Oh, you're so right. So it seems <laughs> like he's skinny dipping, like just for her amusement. Yes, so when she, the only naked. time she's ever seen him, he's actually naked. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I think you may have just picked up on a gag that that the writers have been waiting <laughs> for us to get for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of these are like real slow burn. I guess that's well, what this podcast is for, actually, right? It's just to talk about keep talking about the same two minutes until we start noticing things that nobody else has. Absolutely. But yeah, but they're, and they're just, they're just gorgeous shots. It's 
a gorgeous scene. I really, really love, I, and I don't think I even have anything too funny to say about it. I just, like, I really, really love the shot that starts on her and the hat. This is, like, after the boat when they're, when they're by the waterfall. And it just, like, pulls back and she's looking up. Um, and she looks at him. And there's nothing, like, explicitly funny about that shot, about that moment. It's basically just saying, look how beautiful we can make these puppets look. Mm. Yeah, just kind of yeah. for its own sake. Also, also, the shot where they're in the boat, which I think is gorgeous, is also yeah. it's it's one of the theatrical posters, right? Is the is the Drew Struzan drawing of that, mm. and the soundtrack album cover is the Michael Frith drawing of that, or painting, a painting in both cases. Yes. So, like two different great artists <laughs> did a version of that shot because it's such an amazing thing. Yeah. In, yeah. In, you know, so I, I don't have anything else to say. It's just, it's beautiful and I love it and I'm so glad it exists. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny, like, you don't, you, that isn't sort of an iconic, like, image that you really ever see anywhere. Like, nobody has, like, when someone's talking about the Muppet movie, like, that's not a picture that they use, if that makes sense. Right. I think that's, like, what you were just saying about everybody kind of taking the stuff for granted by this point in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, and I think to the point where people kind of misremember the poster as being Rainbow Connection, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of it as being Kermit on the log with his banjo, but he's not. He's in a boat with Miss Piggy with his banjo. Huh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In the poster. So. And I think that's, that's great about that is, is just the total acceptance. And it might, this might be the first time that, that we really see that is, is in the Moku movie is like the total acceptance that yes, Kermit and Miss Piggy actually are a couple. Um, and whether they're like officially in love or whether he, you know, really thinks he's in love with her or not, like this is the moment where those are the two characters who are the most important in the world, basically. Um, and that this is essentially a romance. Like this is a love story between Kermit and Piggy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the people wanted to see. Yeah. Whereas even I think at this point, what, it's like season three of The Muppet Show-ish? Yep. Um, yeah. No, but they do like the the Marissa Berenson episode where where Kermit and Piggy have a wedding, but it's um, but it's a joke. It's it's basically like you know it's it's one big fat joke kind of. Um, right. Well, and the and the John Cleese episode has the waiting at the church song where like mm -hmm. totally a joke. Yes. Yeah. A pregnant bride, and you know. <laughs> and and now here we are, like not even like maybe a year, year and a half later, and they're basically saying like yes, okay, yeah. This is the couple. This is, you know, this is a love story. And this is what the Muppets are about now. Um, and, Kermit, and Kermit actually, like, and you can see him being, like, genuinely thunderstruck. I guess I'm kind of going back to the same theme of just, like, how great it is that, that they're giving this piggy, like, so much respect uh, in, in this movie. That, like, Kermit, you know, she's not hanging on him and he's not, like trying to get away from her he really it, it they're falling in love in that moment yeah it's nice that he's really into it for once <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess i'm i'm like revealing myself as this huge like kermit piggy shipper i mean again you named your website tough pigs so i did yeah you probably was, revealed always... that a long time ago yeah yeah I think that puts you I, i've always been on her side yeah well i have a few other notes about the song but i can uh Save those for next time. Yeah, I say let's 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 wrap it up. We're we're on. All right, all right. 
Oh, is there a time limit on this? Never so, tell me that. No, there's no time limit. Nah. <laughs> we just like to keep it generally relatively brief. All right. Relatively. But I'll tell I, you what. When Danny Horn is here, we could we could run all night. Now we're gonna. I think we got. We're gonna be back next week, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Come back. We'll and that back. episode will be three hours long. Excellent. Okay, I got more material. Let's go. Okay. Uh, so be sure, listeners, that you tune in for that episode. And in the meantime, please uh, check us out on the internet at toughpigs.com and on Facebook and Twitter and various other things. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. You can find Anthony on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. And Danny, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, my current project is a, uh, a daily blog about a 1960s vampire soap opera called Dark Shadows. Uh, the name of the site is darkshadowseveryday.com. Uh, on Twitter, it's DS Every Day. And are you writing about every single episode of the show? Yes. Yeah. It's like a, a more than four-year project. Yeah. What um, percentage have you finished at this point? I have, I have uh, 120 more to go out of like oh, more wow. than Yeah, I'm getting down there. Yeah, really? I'm, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this project. I don't, I don't have like another Joe and Ryan to hand it off to, so I need to finish it myself. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, uh, listeners, you have your work cut out for you. Go uh, read about Dark Shadows. And uh, be sure also to come back next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, bye.